Good morning, JRE Review listeners. Thank you for tuning in. How you doing today, Mark? Ooh, I'm good, man. Good. Fresh out of bed. Got my tea. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Let's go. You got a bit of a cold? What were you saying? Allergies? No, allergies, man. My cat. My cats were pains in the ass all last night. We kept waking us up. One, the greatest alarm clock <laughs> in the world is your cat about to throw up, especially when it's in the middle of your freshly oh, cleaned seat. So, like, I just threw him off. <laughs> I was like, fuck! <laughs> like, are you allergic to cats? Um, yeah, I have a mild cat allergy. Mainly, it's oh, like dust. And then you have cats. And then I have cats. I never get that. Dust pot. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the cats were. I was only supposed to be watching them for two weeks. My buddy asked me to watch them for two weeks while they looked for a new place, and that was uh, in January. So, oh, now you own, but now they're, now but, you own cats. But they ne- they've nested here. I mean, they're my boys. They're my boys. So like, <clears throat> that's good. Like it's fine. I'll just go take. A, I just got to get some nasal spray and some shit, and I'll be fine. So have you tried shaving them? I have. Um, the, so that's where I got all those scars on my body. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think I was attacked by Freddy Krueger, but that's not the case. It was my cat when I tried to shave them. I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't think it would go well. You definitely have to sedate a cat before you shave. Dude, it. we tried to trim our cat Oliver's nails yesterday, and like that was not good. Like people think we're cutting ourselves now. Like we're about to get <laughs> we're about to get turned into rehab or something. <laughs> It's not good. That cat. You know how cats have that thing on the back of their neck that, like, you you grab that little spot on the back of their neck. Oh, like how you can pick them up. Yeah, and it's supposed to like paralyze like them kittens. because that's where that's how their moms would carry them. Um, so they basically, when you do that, they think instinctually it's their mom taking over, and so they usually submit. Yeah, not our little cat Oliver. Nope. He's like, nope. That doesn't fucking work on me. Nor does catnip. Nor does treats. You best bring kryptonite, bitches. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never trusted that thing. I've never tried to pick a cat up like that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to I would imagine that would, that would piss them it off. It does now. I mean, it's not. It's better for kittens, but it will. If you just grab that spot on the neck, like when they're on the ground, they pretty much they just submit to you. Um, like our 24-pound cat. You do that, and he's just like, he could kill all of us. Like, if he decided that murder was the name of the game today... We'd be toast, but he doesn't. He's because he's very sweet. But you, you grab him by the back of the neck, and he is out. He's just like he protests, but he, but he doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, so that's it. These are self-induced allergies. Yeah, these are entirely self-induced. I think you did it. You did Dustin it. Pollen probably a little. I don't bit know. Too. I don't know if I have any allergies to animals. I I don't think I've had an animal long enough to find out. I assume it probably everyone does. I to think some so. Degree. I think so. Mine's usually, my allergies Some, are bad in the summer. In the winter, it's never a problem because there's not really a lot going on in the air. So, air quality, well, air quality's been shit lately too, man. Well, LA is just a bit of a mess right it now. It is. So hot, it rains so much, there's so much shit blooming. The hills that usually just look like desert are green. Yep. And you're like, what the hell is going it's on? the weirdest summer, man. Like, that's gotta be messing with people. It's gotta a mess. be. It's a mess. Well, at least there's good news in the world of podcasting. We had some great guests so far this week. Uh, Penn Gillette was on. I'm a huge fan of Penn. Yeah. I, I don't believe he's ever been on Rogan before, as far as I can remember, though I knew that they were friends. It makes sense. Uh, it makes so sense. So good to have him on. Rogan would be friends with Penn. 
Yeah, I think, Joe, I've I've seen some video and heard some audio before of them talking, and it must have been Joe going on uh, Penn's show. And uh, oh, I guess gotcha. back in the day, Joe had a bit of, yeah, he had a, a bit of a debate with a guy that Penn brought on just talking about the moon landing being fake. Oh. And uh, there's, they talk about it obviously on this podcast and there was there was a good bit of audio about that which is great what was uh was um, joe pro we landed on the fucking moon no joe back in the day was quite well known for being uh he didn't believe it he didn't believe he that didn't we landed that on it the happened moon. He, yeah he, he thought there was a lot of fuckery what is he going on now? now he's changed his mind a little okay. bit he's changed his tune and uh he doesn't bring it up much but he did talk about it on this one um with with Penn, which I thought was interesting. And then the other guest, who I was actually really excited for as well, yeah, John Carmack. Yeah, dude. Because that's the Doom creator, the Quake creator, uh-huh. the Wolfenstein guy. Now, Joe is a huge Quake fan, has been forever, and obsesses about it constantly when he gets playing it. He's basically addicted to those sorts of games. But what was cool is John Carmack now is working on that Oculus yeah, stuff, the VR technology. So let's get into that one. So for those listening, this is podcast 1342 that we're reviewing with John Carmack. John's a really interesting guy. He's very smart, obviously. He just has that kind of like nerd sound about him. So you know he's a clever dude. Exactly. Chilled, you know, real chilled. And he he speaks well. So I would assume he does a lot of um, speaking events because he was just very clear and concise and kept his thoughts together right and uh i i liked it it was a nice flow joe didn't have to do a lot he he said some things but definitely it was it was john's stage that's cool for this so back in the day i remember when wolfenstein came out i was playing on my friend's pc had they used to call them like a 286 yeah was the processor do you remember when they used and they'd have like two <clears throat> Excuse me, two megabytes of RAM. <laughs> yeah, megabytes, right. <laughs> right? And you needed, I remember you needed four to play Doom. And I only had two oh, man. on this one computer I had. So all I could play was Wolfenstein, which is just like really one of the first first person shooters I ever remember. I think there were some others. Yeah. Clunky. Man. But it was mind blowing. I'd never played a game like that and I couldn't believe it. And I just thought, this is. This is going to change everything in gaming. Like, you could see it even then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're still making Wolfenstein games, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, periodically, they came the, out with... The girlfriend plays it. Um, I had one recently. Well, was it my PS4? I think it was my PS4 I had one for. And it was just, you know, an updated version. It wasn't as good as the newer Doom. Gotcha. The Doom 3. Yeah. But uh, still great. But in a way, it's kind of a shame because Wolfenstein and Doom was so classic. I mean, Doom especially was just mind blowing. You couldn't look up and down. It was you couldn't jump. Right. There was so many clunky elements. Like if you looked into a wall, sometimes you could like look past the wall and everything was just messed up. Glitchy. Yeah, glitchy. Mm. But it just. But since there was nothing else like it. And games back then kind of sucked really bad. Right. PC well, games were just sure. garbage. Well, at that point, you just had your um, your side scrollers. 
does everything every game was side scroller pretty much or listen mm. to a racing mm-hmm. game and then yeah and then that all changed i feel like goldeneye was also a big a big game changer as far as yeah but that was that was quite a lot later yeah you're right you're that was probably right. another who knows i can't man my, i wonder my I girlfriend's think... the gamer she's li- she's literally playing witcher on her headphones right next to me right now while we record this is that right yeah. <laughs> she's the gamer <laughs> we're probably talking and she's like oh these guys know nothing about games uh, what a bunch of idiots she, de- she's, she definitely thinks we're a bunch of idiots every time we do this <laughs> 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 but I but I mean it was really my first introduction into getting pretty obsessed with gaming was was Wolfenstein. I didn't know you played I, I mean, didn't know I, you games at all. Dude, back then I loved it. Oh, that's cool. I was really into it. I was into computers then. I was into games. I was like, "Oh, we need to get more RAM." You know, they had like these little mods you could change different aspects of the game and it's cool because John was talking to Joe about that, about these mods how when these games first came out, they they really wanted to encourage the people out there, the gamers, the you know basic programmers, sure. to play around with the game and change things, make your own levels. I remember when um, one of my friends had a disc that came. You remember when when PC Magazine or these magazines used to come with a disc on Hell the front? Hell yeah, and dude! You put it in your computer and then it allowed you to like change different aspects of things. There was like a level builder for Doom, and I just thought this is unbelievable. This is like the greatest thing ever. Did you build levels? I don't. No, I don't think I could ever figure it out. That never <clears> appealed um, to me. I was never that good at this stuff, but I, right. you know, it, the problem is you couldn't build a half a level and then play it. Right. So, in order to make it work, you ended up just building one room and putting some stuff in there, and it's like, what was the point of this? Like it was, it was a lot of work because they they didn't have everything kind of put together for it. Right. Um. But. Yeah, and then Quake. Did you were you ever a Quake player? No, not at all. I'm sure. I'm sure the girlfriend did, but no. Yeah, Quake was cool. I didn't play it a ton. By then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I was kind of transitioning out of. Uh, right. I don't know. I was just getting older. What? Maybe I just figured out what girls were, and I'm like, all yeah, right, fuck old, these video games. Old, I'm gonna go through something how else. How old were you when that was going on? I feel like I was in high school, and I wasn't gaming at all in high school, and I mean, like in any way. Yeah. I was probably like, uh, well, I moved to America when I was 13, so it had to be before that. I would say 10, oh, wow, maybe okay. 10 to 13. So this is like 81 to, uh, no, no, 81. 81. This is like 92 to 95, maybe. I think this is when, when that was happening. Okay, yeah. So when was... PCs were like starting to make games. It was before the first Pentium came out. Gotcha, okay. Because that was like, a th- I guess, a 1,000 megahertz. So like the 286 was... 286 megahertz for the PC. Right. Then a thousand was like this big jump, and ooh, Windows 95, and what a change. Ooh man, remember that when yeah, that, when that came out and they had a whole VHS that came out with a cast of friends explaining how to use it. Is that right? Fuck yes, that's right. I'll never forget it. Oh, that's so cheesy. Uh, well, it was a big jump because yeah, they had what did huge. they have before that? Windows 3.1. Yeah, man. Because that was just like Windows icons. 95 was such a different. Yeah, exactly. It was such a different interface, it and it looks so much nicer. I mean, it basically, really, is just kind of like what we use it's now. The, it, was it hasn't changed the a lot. Absolute beginning of what we use now in terms of like operating mm-hmm. systems and well, uh, interfacing with operating systems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was yeah. a big deal, and the cast of Friends brought it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, 
Thanks so much. Thanks, Jan Aniston. Thanks. Thanks. What a show. What a, like, very overrated comedy show. Yeah, you're not a big fan of the uh, sitcoms, are you? You know, no, I mean, to me, that one was a bit like the Big Bang Theory. Right. You know, there are jokes in there. I know they exist, but I mean... (laughs) If I if you put it side by side with like Seinfeld, I don't think it's com- like yeah they're both comedy, but they're both very different. Oh, completely. Like it didn't. I don't think it takes a lot of work to write a Friends episode, though. I would hate to try and write a Seinfeld episode. Oh man, that's just a that's a different animal completely. You have to approach. You have to come at it from a different uh, a different vantage point. Yeah, and then I'm just a bit of a dick to. Big Bang Theory, really, because I haven't watched a lot of it. I just like shitting on it because it makes me laugh. No, I feel like if you've seen one Big Bang Theory, you you know what you're getting. And if you didn't like it, there's no like, oh, I'll give it another try. Now, nah, I mean, this is it. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd, sure. and I thought that maybe that could interest me and pull me in, but it didn't work. Yeah, I was like, what? What's happening here? But yeah. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV, man. You, you don't. I, it, you the don't. same reason I don't play a lot of games now. I just can't sit still long enough. I'm the same way. I mean, I haven't got. I haven't watched TV, and it's just aside from The Office. I'm watching The Office for the first time. Um, so that's kind of like my comfort zone. I'll come home if I want to decompress from the day or whatever. I'll watch an Office and then I'll go to bed or something like that. It's kind of funny. Or if I'm waiting, you get home from work and then watch a show about people about at work. People at work. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they have it worse than we do. No, they don't. <laughs> what do you think about when John was talking about that new Oculus Quest, which is, I guess this is the new VR version that um, is more self-contained. It's just the goggles. Yeah. Or whatever they call them. They don't. And um, then the handles. Right. And that's kind of it. But these are the ones that are going to be um, cordless too, right? You can. It works on a battery. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, you can you can like take them outside. Yeah. And go to the park. I think that's really yeah. I remember they were promoting that because um, my girlfriend used to work in VR, like she was like for a VR channel. So she got we have VR here at the PlayStation though, but she got so I got to go to set with her all the time and uh, play with that, and we play with the Oculus, and they were talking about how that's a big next step because you could take it anywhere. I mean, you can go to a Lakers game with like these headsets if you want to I mean at least and anything that's broadcasting with those cameras you can go be a viewer that could be a really cool thing man I mean especially if you can get a better battery life on that sucker because it only lasts like 20 minutes or whatever I mean you can't you can plug in so it's not like it's not like a drone where you get you get 20 minutes and then you got to replace the battery you can plug in and shit like that but um mm. but uh yeah, the shit you'll be able to do. I mean, think about that. That that's really cool, and it's fo- we're getting to the point where it's photo real. There, uh, like Google Earth had like a game, and I'm pretty sure it was through Oculus. In fact, I'm almost positive it was through Oculus. Um, and my mother got to try it out, and she was say, it was so real, like you're flying over the Grand Canyon. And she started getting sick. She was like, "I this is this is this is way too real. I can't like my brain can't process it." Um, but think about. The, the opportunities you're gonna you so if you want to go see a Knicks game or something in New York, but you're all the way in Hawaii or some shit, but you really boom, whatever you want to pay for that. Broadway shows, how fucking cool would that be? Like people and 
people in the Midwest that, you know, they make a modest income, they never get to go see a Broadway show. Boom, go buy the Oculus, pay $20 ticket or something like that, go see the Broadway show, go see Harry Potter or some shit. I think You think that would work with, with stand-up? Like, let's say Joe Rogan is doing a show. You're, yeah. like, there in the audience with the goggles on. How... How well would that work, do you think? I mean, that's certainly better than just watching a stand-up special. I think it could really be cool. Do you think really that it could cool. work? I think it, and I think that'd be a really cool option to have. Like, so let's say Rogan does a Netflix special or some shit. Um, and so you have two options. You can just watch the regular edited version of his special, or you can do the live VR version where, you know, even though it's still there, it's all those, all those camera modes, and... You just get to you get to be like you're in the audience, sitting there watching him. You know. Well, think about how popular he is. Yeah. Right. So Rogan is he can sell out massive um, areas. Yeah. You know, twenty five thousand plus people when he d- did that with Chappelle. Obviously, Chappelle's bringing a lot of people, but still, it's a fuck ton of people. Right. Right. They have to assume that they're both bringing in close to half. But now there's an option to where you live, like you said, in Kansas. Yeah. And for three bucks. He let you buy a ticket to his show. Just three dollars, though. Right. Real cheap, because a hundred thousand people are gonna log in. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And it's fucking like that's such a brilliant addition. I mean, I think that's, that's where we're got going to be possible. Yeah, I think that's where. Oh, I definitely think that's where we're going. It might not. Now it might be something like that's not a version that's available like side by side, but like a regular version on Netflix or something, because that, that's going to take a shit ton of processing power. Um, yeah. That, uh, but they get that. Yeah, totally. That's just time. That's like saying it's going to take a lot of battery power. No, tr- it's and, totally. and that was one thing that John would point out a lot, which I thought was really cool. He would say what the upper limits of any of the technology were. So, so Joe was suggesting a lot of stuff, obviously, because he didn't know a ton about sure. this oculus and how it works so he was like could you do this could you be in this room could you do that x y and z and um john was really quick to point out oh those are just limitations of like um the graphics today but we can improve that it's always improving well the battery always improving some of the things that he was saying were, were harder was when you can go outside to a park and then kind of build your own area that you can have as vr but then if it's very bright, I guess sunlight like messes with the senses. That I believe. So that, that's one of those up. limitations that... Yeah, yeah, I just haven't used it, so I'm not really sure what he's even talking about. Can you see through the... the When you put the goggles on, it's no. not just a screen then. You can see through no, it? No, you can't. I mean, no, it's like, three, it's like 360 around you. So, like, the goggles... You can't see through it. You cannot see anything around you in real life. I got you. Now, they do have sensors, so like some of the video games I would play... I played this boxing game. Dude, for real, best workout you'll ever fucking have. I was sweating buckets. Is that right? Oh, my God. I was sweating Yeah, Joe buckets. likes that one, too. He said that was good. Dude, I literally did it. It was, a, it was a Wednesday, I believe, and that's when Ken and I got into the big fight where I got bit um, that that Saturday. Remember the one where it was the fight where I got bit by that guy? Oh, when you were, yeah, when yeah. You were working security. Yeah, I got... Um, it was... Four days earlier, I was playing that VR boxing game, and I think that's one of the reasons I smoked that dude. Because I've been, because I've been like sparring with like Apollo Creed and shit. 
But um, do you do do you think that it like that just from playing it? Like, do you think you could chop in some skills? Fuck yeah, you could. I I don't think it's really. Yeah, I mean, it's never going to be a substitute for a real person because a real person hits you. Um, but absolutely. So you have to aim. Yeah. Like they will move their head, and you can move, 100%. and then you'll you'll hit them. Absolutely. That's pretty. Sweet. You got to hold the controllers, but I mean, it's not. I mean, they're like your um, they're like your gloves. So you gotcha. get in the ring, and you just you know you can do you can move, <laughs> and then there's a sensor in them that lets you know if you're getting too close to the wall, um, and shit. And their setup was mixed reality, so it was really cool. So you're in a you're in a room that's a green screen, so you're playing. You know, your boxing game or your fighting game or whatever game. I mean, they had, like, a million different VR games. It was really cool, like a Tetris. Um, And so you're in there, but there's also a camera in there that um, is filming you. And so they took those two images and they combined them. So they combined the VR world with what you're doing. So it actually looks like you're playing in the world, like, when it's broadcast. So that's how they do their show a lot of times. So you just see them in the room, and it was like they were really in the gladiator arena, like chopping it, whatever was coming at them or whatever. It was really fucking cool. Yeah. If I I wish they could, and it was something that Joe was banging on about for a while, like creating a glove. Yeah. Because some of them are heavy; they're like eighteen ounce, and you could put sensors and different things in. But if they could, if they could somehow make it to where you, when you hit something, you get a bit of pushback. You absolutely could do that. Because it wears you out if you 100%. if you ever if you're ever like boxing on a bag and you move back yeah and straighten out the punch but the bag's too far away it that's like the worst yep. thing like it really sucks to miss I don't know why it's like and they say that in the UFC too when you're watching fighters if they're missing a lot of shots it actually it really wears you out right. to do that. It's a, just a lot of strain on your joints and kind of shakes your whole system up. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they could do I'm that. I'm sure they could. If they could get, what do they call that? Hepatic? No. Feedback? Something? Yeah, man. I'm sure they, because Haptic? they can make a controller vibrate and shit and do all that stuff. They can absolutely do that. I mean, I'm sure you could buy like a whole bodysuit. Excuse my sniffling, guys. I apologize. You can make that, a, that's going to be wild. You can make a whole bodysuit, like the uh, the fucking uh, movie um, uh, Real, Ready Player One. First a book. I like the book better, but I did enjoy the movie. Um, that, it's like they have that. So you have a whole bodysuit. So you're in this virtual world. Like that's where they basically spend all their free time in this virtual world. But if you get hit or something, you feel it on your body and stuff like that. They, they do it to make it as real as possible it's really i'm sure i'm sure if the movies think of it somebody will make it like a year later oh for, for sure. sure within within the limitations of, exactly of technology of what's capable yeah i did i did like how they were talking about so so they talk about uh elon musk Neuralink, and there's been a lot of talk about that and this is like the next thing that elon musk wants to work on and they haven't really released all of the information on it or i don't really know how much is out there uh-huh. Uh, I know it's a bit secretive, but but John got to see some of it and knows Elon, and I guess it's some sort of implant, right? And so so remember back in the day they they were able to get that uh, disabled person who like couldn't move, paraplegic, and he could like then use a cursor on a computer. Right. Yeah. You ever see that? Yeah. But it was very basic. I guess there was just only like one or two points of 
like activation. Like it, it was a very simple little chip that they put right. in. Well, he's talking about Elon's one having like tens of thousands of whatever the things are inputs or however it works so you so you have all these different commands and i guess then it's just down to the interface like how how efficiently you can separate all those different commands oh wow but in in a sense yeah that's kind of like just training a new muscle yeah like you've got your arms and legs you move those now you've just got this bit of your brain and you can access computers and and i mean that that is really the first step in first major step in being cyborg Right, I guess you I could mean, say our phones so, yeah. are already like a bit like that. But how cool is that for people that with major disabilities, oh, especially physical huge, ones? Huge, huge. Well, even in, I mean, like even think about that in terms of VR for like people with disabilities, like a guy that can't walk experience the sensation of walking around the Grand Canyon in VR if he wants to. I mean, it's not exactly mm. the same, but he's he's moving along, you know? or at least flying around it, maybe. Fuck yeah, like you're an eagle. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would that would definitely make me throw up. Yeah, I yeah, totally, totally. Um, no, I think that yeah, it is kind of like we are on the way to becoming cyborgs. Awesome, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger will have to fight all of us. <laughs> but I definitely think that aren't they making a new Terminator movie too? They are, yeah, it's coming out uh, November eleventh. Yep. How are they justifying that he looks like a grandpa? The robot just gets older. Yeah, I mean that's, I think that I mean that's what they did in the last one. That they're just forget Terminator Gen Ysis. That's what my brother calls it. Terminator Genesis, <laughs> a pile of steaming crap. But um, I didn't. See oh, it. don't ever see it. Never avert your eyes, sir. Um, but that's was it really that it bad? Was really, it was horrendous. It was absolutely atrocious. It seemed like it would have. It been. was so bad. But um, yeah, but that's how they kind of did it. That they set back an original Terminator or something back to like the 50s but they never really explained like why they never explained why that Terminator went back or maybe they did I don't know fuck that movie but like they were like <laughs> spoiler but, yeah, spoiler but they were like yeah he's I mean he's got he's got living tissue so he would definitely age so that's how you can do it so I'm assuming it's kind of the same thing they sent one way back and now it's um it's just aged hmm they even program in bad knees. Right. <laughs> he's got a walker. Bad back. <laughs> Instead of I'll be back, he's like, he's like oh, a, my back. I have a bad back. <laughs> I have a bad back. Oh, I, you know, what annoys me about those movies when they revamp them, the same with the Predator one, I get so tired of hearing those lines. Like, get to the chopper, or get to, like, they just throw it in to be cute, right, and of I'm course. like, that's enough. It's winking at the camera. It was good the first time, and you're ruining it I know, now. why can't you just come up with something new that's also, like, come up with a new iconic thing. Don't keep going back to the yeah. well, man. There's there's a bunch, like, there's no limit to the bounds of creativity, especially nowadays, for the love of God. Give them a different line. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. It's it, it, That's too much for yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, you think about yeah. it, uh, think about these movies that were made in the 80s that... You know, all the Indiana Jones movies, and they, kept, and they made more sequels, and most of them were pretty good. Like, Last Crusade was awesome. And then you get, and then they revisit it 30 years later, and it's like, remember when you were making them originally? You didn't, there was no reverence for that first film. It was just like, oh, it's a new adventure. And then they come back and they do a new one, and it's like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna show our reverence to the originals. And it's like, no, just do a new story, man. Like, just do a new thing. <laughs> yeah, we got writers. Yeah. It's all right. 
Trust, trust, trust yourself. Ugh, Write something new. Do you think that VR, like these goggles, could change movies? Like, obviously, sitting and watching a movie at the theater, even though you're in your front room, just because you got the goggles on, that could work for sure. Oh, absolutely. We could probably do that now. But do you think that they're change? Like, if if you think about it, it's almost like we're just copying the reality that we have now, yeah. right? It's like, oh, you wear these headsets and now you're just at a movie theater like you could be anywhere right. if you actually traveled to one, right? So it's just copying it. It's like the first cars ever made kind of look like carriages mm-hmm. that the horses would pull because it was like that's what we knew before. So it kind of has to look the same. But really, wouldn't the idea be to like put yourself almost in the movie? Well, I mean, I think there's two ways to go about that. You have the one that you could simply give them kind of like a VR experience. So they're still you the movie is still locked in terms of what it is. So it's not necessarily that you can necessarily that you turn your head around and you can see, you know, let's say you're watching Terminator 2 and you want to see what's behind the Terminator and John, uh, that maybe not that, but it's a more immersive experience so it's like you're actually in there so the filmmaker is still completely in control of what you're seeing but it's more immersive in the same kind of like IMAX is a bigger screen so this would be like you're still focusing on the characters and they're always going to be in front of you but you have more of a 360 field of vision around like what they're showing you I don't know if I'm explaining it I well enough no no I think and so then, I, I kind of got that and then I guess there could be that version where you're actually kind of in there and you're in the world but I feel like at that point you're more in a video game than you are in a movie because if you're in the world and you're kind of looking around, there's, it's going to be really hard to pay attention to what the, the director or the filmmaker wants you to see unless you're kind of doing it um, like a choose-your-own-adventure, which would be really cool, but damn, that would be a really uh, expensive proposition, I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe those lines will merge. Could be. Maybe the line between movie and video game will will kind of, you know, blend. Who knows? Oh, I think so. They might be able to do some things like that. I think it's cool. I think the idea of what, I mean, again, I haven't tried VR, those new goggles. Gotta try them out. But I understand, like, these concepts, and I think that given some time for me at least i'm not gonna invest in any of that yet sure they're not that much either it's like 500 but i feel like this is this is still too early a stage i want to wait till like 10th generation ipods yeah you don't want and then stop buying them get the bugs out exactly you don't want the uh brand the first iphone you want to wait till the five comes out or the six or something like that yeah yeah i've got but anyway John is changing the world. Yeah, man. He's doing great stuff. I mean, from think of where he's come and what he's done with video games in the basically late 80s, early 90s. Moving on up and just evolving with the technology and always in this creative stage. Really impressive. Um, It was so cool to listen to that much of him talk just to get an understanding of like who he is and and what he's up to and it's fucking really is beautiful to know that people are out there like that because i'm far too dumb to create any of those things <laughs> but i'll play with them i know i'm very glad those people are out there as well i'll play with them right next up pen gillette pen. Now i'm a big fan podcast 1343 yeah man pen he's pen and stella fucking legend Pen, yeah. pen and Teller. Pen and Teller. 
Oh, my bad. Who yeah. are stellar. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right? So so Tella, he doesn't speak. Ever, no, yeah, right? that's, the whole, that's the whole gimmick. It's the whole gimmick. Has he ever, like, done a speech? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they're... I never watched their bullshit, but I think he spoke on that. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah, because he's played... He was on one of your favorite shows, The Big Bang Theory. I think he played one of the characters' fathers, and I think he finally, like, he had a line or two or something like that. Um, Is that yeah, right? But he has spoken. He has well, like one of the first things he ever said was like "shit" or something like that. Like the first time he ever spoke in like a Penn and Teller. Oh, bit, that's so he good. Was like no shit or something like that. It was really. <laughs> it's been a long time. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. So yeah, he, he has. Spoken. I remember. Let's see. They they had a show in England when I was a lot younger. Shit, I must have been like ten or eleven yeah. then. So we're talking like ninety two, and uh, it was just basically their illusion show. And some of the stuff that they did, I remember they took a truck and like ran. I think they ran Teller over, but he was, but fine. He was fine. And it was just amazing. But they spent so much money on it. Like they weighted the whole other side of the truck down. So it was basically just on the wheels on the one side, you know, kind of. Right. And then the, the tires that went over um, Teller were not even real. They were just, like, there was no air in them, you Good. know, so they could just, like, flatten and go across. <laughs> you better believe in yourself if you're pulling that one off. <laughs> God, the alternative is you die. I wouldn't do Hell it. Hell no. I wouldn't. I, their performance is, like, they're magicians. Right. Right? And then they obviously do comedy. Yeah. What that it that's a very like eighties thing, isn't it? There used to be a Huge lot of people like thing. that doing big vape. I mean, how would you describe that type of performance? What is that? It's kind of like carnival shit. Yeah, I mean, or? I think it's very carnival esque. Well, I mean, honest to God, I feel like the best description is kind of like a Vegas show, a Vegas comedy magic show. Because that's, I mean, that's right. where you're going to see that shit. You see that shit in Vegas, right? Yeah, you're not going to find it in. That's West End and London or on Broadway or anything. You go to Vegas for that shit. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to the comedy store and trying to trying to set his props no. up and pull up, you know, no, a, a fluffy ball from behind someone's ear, Ple- a little foamy colored ball. Exactly, no, a completely different animal than that. Because I mean, Vegas loves that stuff. They, they do, they do. But I feel like they're magicians first that are really funny. You know what I mean? And I think it's part of their shtick. But I mean, they. I you almost I feel like they're owed that level of respect to say they're magicians first because a bunch of assholes can get up and think they're funny and tell some funny jokes and blah blah blah. But they what they do, like there's no comic out there that can do that shit. So like they're magicians who are really fucking funny because that's some really impressive stuff. For sure. That takes some some people are just naturally funny. Some people are just naturally funny. They can get up, they can tell you hey, you and I, our buddy Biff makes us laugh every time. He's one of the funnest human beings we know. But to become mm-hmm. a magician, that requires a level of skill and dedication that is, to me, unfathom. Fathom. I can't speak. I can't imagine that. That's what, that, that's what I mean. <laughs> I think that I, it, there always seems to be um, like a very obsessive quality about magicians. And I think it does speak to the fact that you have to practice those things so much to get good at it that only obsessive people can do it. They seem to have that trait in common. Like, I like like the idea. I 
I mean, magic is a bit silly. Right. But I would love to be able to have, like, five really cool tricks that I could just do. Totally. But I don't have the patience to even attempt to do. Did you ever have one of those little magic kits as a no. kid? Like a Christmas present? No, never appealed to me. Never, like, even, like, uncles pulling quarters out of my ear. I was like, eh, well, fuck off. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cheesy. It was like you could squish all the little foam balls in the end of something right. like a little cup and then they would pop out of the bottom and, and it was all you could barely impress your friends barely. and your friends were also like 10 and I'm like fuck <laughs> it was just like what's the point of like no. learning this more no I never but but then you see what the upper end of it it's is true. like when, when he's impressing adults that are being suspicious sure and then they had that show I can't remember what that's called but where they would have magicians on and you'd have to fool Penn and Teller. And they've obviously seen like every type of everything magic. Right. And and then they're getting fooled. And I'm just like, wow, that's fucking that's cool. That's cool. It's really cool to know. Yeah, dude, because it's one thing to simply like learn some tricks. It's an entirely different ballpark to come up with your own that are or, or illusions or whatever that are so good that you fool Penn and Teller. That's like some next level shit right there. Yeah, very impressive. I, I didn't watch that show a lot, but sometimes you'll it'll pop up on YouTube and you'll see a particular segment, right? And they'll be like, "Oh, this guy's amazing," because I'm sure there's a lot of shit on that, so I'm not going to sit through a show to watch God, that. No. But but getting some of the amazing well, ones. Do you remember that? that? That's there was a viral video going around a little like a year or two ago. It was David Blaine with like different celebrities, and he was like, he did one with like uh, Harrison Ford, and I don't know. He ended up putting like. You put something to Harrison Ford, like, in a watermelon or a cantaloupe or something that hadn't been opened. So, like, Harrison Ford, like, slices into the cantaloupe and opens it, and there's, like, something of his that, he, like, he owns in the cantaloupe. And he turns to David Blaine, he's like, get the fuck out of my house. Because <laughs> he was so <laughs> blown away. It's the most Harrison Ford moment that he has ever had in his life. It's hysterical. Oh, I gotta check that out. It's really That's fucking excellent. funny. That shit's cool. Are you... Yeah, it is. David Blaine does the. I mean, some of his stuff's a bit silly, but again, yeah. that obsessive kind of nature. He definitely has that with some of the illusions that he pulls off. I remember True. being in London. I went back there for a trip when I was in my early twenties, and that was when he was in the box, just like in a glass box for like a week or whatever, uh -huh. with no food and water. And yeah. we walked by it, and just everyone was watching. He's just stood there, like, looking emancipated and waving. And he does some fucking crazy he shit. Like, he's shit. almost died a few I times. Know, That's wild. He, I, but he's putting himself through it next level. It's not like Penn and Teller do that. No, no, they don't. They're just, like, they're, they're pulling quarters out of behind people's <laughs> right. ears. Yeah. I mean, in, in a really amazing way. Did you ever watch um, Penn when he was on The Apprentice? No, never watched that show, never once. Yeah, they talked about that a little bit, and I've only ever seen highlights of it, but it's interesting because he gives a bit of a breakdown to the president, and Ooh. he spent a good amount of time with him, and I... it's it's not good. No. It's always really disturbing to hear people be like they're basically almost describing him like a bit of a sociopath and i have no reason to believe that um pen would lie i, I mean maybe so. he doesn't like him politically so so there might be that bias 
but I think be, he's but... really trying to tell a real story. Like this is who I think he is. He's a bully. He can never laugh at himself. No zero um, ability. He to. doesn't like music. He's. I mean, not That's liking weird, music isn't is it? strange. It's very. What does that even mean? Dude's definitely like. Uh, he's definitely a narcissist. Like he. I mean, his narcissism is unending. Political. I mean, I don't care. You can be on the right side of the political spectrum. That has nothing to do with what well, we're talking about. The man. That dude is definitely a narcissist. He's, I bet you anything. He has at least sociopathic tendencies. Really? I, I without a doubt. I'm. I. I couldn't. I would not be surprised if they if that's like somebody diagnosed him clinically like that. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect wow. sense. I mean, you just just the behavior. It's classic. Um, narcissism. And that's just what it is. Classic narcissism. And, oh, and brought up in an unloving household with unfettered financial freedom. That is just the makings of an absolute fucking disaster. And now he's the leader of the free world, yay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And mostly a Democrat his whole life, too. Mostly a Democrat. So it just is dude, like, whatever. That dude he's is really a Democrat. That dude is that's just. Very, that's the funniest thing I to know. Me. I'm like, wait, what? No. Wait, did everyone forget this? Everyone forgot matter? it. Dude, he... Everyone forgot He's not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. He is whatever suits him in the moment. It's all he cares. It's just about adoration in his fan base. He can give a fuck. He doesn't believe any of this shit politically. I don't believe he believes in one damn thing he's doing unless it furthers his own agenda, his own pocketbook. That's... <laughs> I'm... I'm well, it's just amazing to think that, I mean, when Penn was talking about this, he was just on the show. Right. He had this show. You couldn't touch the table because you'd put smudgy marks on it. Right. He would just talk on and on about himself. Yep. And then all those celebrities had to just kind of sit there and wait for him to be done. Then he would fire you, of course. Right. And, um, and then within a few years, he's the president of the United States. President of the fucking United States. Wow, well, that show, I mean, think about it. Without that show, he probably couldn't have done it. No, I don't think so. It just gave him so much exposure. Yeah. I mean, it did. It definitely it gave him enough exposure, I think. I mean, he was kind of a celebrity anyway, just because of all his real estate deals and just him being involved. And oh, yeah, he's been famous with, for sure. Yeah, totally. But, um, but I definitely think that put him over the... Um, over the edge, and then he just, and then he speaks to the uh, our baser demons. Uh, I always like to say he's never spoken to our better angels once ever, but he speaks. To, he speaks to the dark side in all of us, and some people like that. Some people were like, "Yeah, finally someone that feels like me." So don't tell me representation doesn't matter, motherfuckers, because you got a bunch of fucking. Knuckle draggers out there that feel feel like they finally have somebody that represents how they feel, <laughs> and he's in the White House. Strong opinions, strong opinions. Hey, Mark. man, he it, it definitely doesn't seem to want to put uh, a positive spin on much. No, no, not at all. And and that's that's a bit of a shame. That's true. It'd be not, it's nice to have a, a a leader that wants to be you know kind of encourage some positivity. But hey, it's not forever. No, it's not. He's probably going to win again though. Good luck, mm. Joe Biden. Good, <laughs> good luck. Can we come back to England? What did you? you think about how Penn said that he doesn't doesn't drink, doesn't do any drugs, right? And this is 
also the same as the president, though the president may be on Adderall. Oh, he's definitely But that's on his kind of deal, too. He's a, he's a teetotaler as well. Right. I don't know too many that never did them. I have some friends that had problems sure. with alcohol especially and now don't drink. They don't, yeah, so they don't do like, it because they, they did it too much. They know there was a demon. Yeah. I, um, but now, but, uh, do you know anyone that just never has? I, I'm sure I do because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm from the Southeast, so I knew a lot of people that were like very conservative Christians that they didn't do anything like that. So I'm sure I, I'm sure I met one or two, but no, I have no close friends that are like that. None. Like the closest we'll get is a buddy of ours going, I'm not drinking for the weekend. And then you're like, what? <laughs> That's you psychopath. Yeah. And they make it halfway but, through Saturday and they're like, shit, I got exactly. drunk. Um, uh, Gillian Jacobs from uh, Community um, and that show Love that was on Netflix, she's the same way. She's a total teetotaler, never never done drugs, never drank alcohol. She says it, she does it because there's such a history of substance abuse in her family that she just avoided it all. It's like when I had right. it's like when I had my MRI Saturday morning. I like people were asking me, "Were you claustrophobic?" I was like, "Never opened my eyes, so I had no idea what what was in there." It's like didn't even go there. Like I am at that age where I don't even care. Curiosity, nah, I'm good. I don't need to know what's in there. I go in there, I close my eyes, have no idea that I'm in the small space. It's cool. It's kind of like that. It's a small move. Yeah, man. Yeah, because if you start freaking out, like it's definitely because you're seeing I it and you're feeling. Definitely feel like there the... was a possibility of me freaking out. So, <laughs> just because you're in that little space and you're like, and it's not that I'm afraid of enclosed spaces. I'm afraid of being stuck there, and so I was like, nope, just closing my eyes, never opened them up. That's an interesting comparison, though, because yeah, it's that the the what if I like it too much, exactly, or what if. You know, like, Donald Trump's brother, I guess, died of alcoholism, right. basically. Like, he was an alcoholic and then died, and, and so it runs in his family, and it's probably not a good idea for him to do probably that. Not. Um, and that's that's not terrible advice. I mean, I knew growing up, a lot of my family drank way too much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are plenty of alcoholics in my family. So Me too. I should have been more aware of the idea of, like, okay, maybe this is also something that I might not be out of control, and I should be more aware of that. And I really wasn't. I didn't really give it too much mind, and I haven't had too many issues sure, man. with that. You know, thank God. But oh, dude, you never know. I never. I just can't trust someone that doesn't ever get a, does just like you. Just want to be in normal reality all the time, all the time. Right. Well, they never. Change. They don't know the difference. They don't know what they're missing. Yeah. I mean, I never. My first beer I had when I was like twenty-one. Because I didn't, because I come from a long line of alcoholics as well, and I definitely had an aversion to that. I didn't want to, but it, it, part of it was just like me trying to take a stand when I was younger, like that was my cause of some sort. Um, so I didn't, and you know, and then I got drunk on like what Miller Light or some shit like that, like three of them, maybe it was Bud Light or something, <laughs> and I Good. felt like shit the next morning. I was like, well, I'm never doing this again. But then I had whiskey, and I was like, oh. No, I could get behind this. <laughs> Some of those early day hangovers before you figure out what you're doing Ooh. are a disaster. And when you think about how robust you are when you're a lot younger, oh, yeah. like how much more your body can take and, and survive, the fact that you were that hungover, would that same amount would probably kill us. Today. Oh, without a doubt, because I'd kill myself. 
if I were that hungover today. Because where I would, when I was a kid, when I was younger, um, my hangovers, hangovers would last till about 2 p.m. I could almost guarantee you, no matter how bad it was, around 2 p.m., I was feeling great. I might be a little bit tired, but the pain was gone, no matter how bad it was. And then one day, it lasted longer. And I went, oh, God, I'm going to have to rethink a lot of this shit now. <laughs> Sometimes they feel like never going to stop. For real. Oh, the worst is yeah. when you're just tossing and turning. You cannot get comfortable no matter what you do. That's the mm-hmm. worst. That's my least favorite. Yeah. And f- and it is those times. Those are really the only times I'm like, I, I, <coughs> I understand why these people don't do this. 100%. And they must see that too. They must think, why would people want to do that to themselves? Exactly. And it makes a lot of sense. It's- and when you are sober around drunk people which he must be all the, all the time, obviously. You do notice how stupid people are really when they're drinking. Like, we're all having fun, but like it, you definitely don't get smarter. Yeah. You don't get more patient. You don't get quieter. You just become pretty obnoxious. Well, man, and I like, I like the social aspect of it. Like, you and I grabbing a beer after work, or you, grab, you and I grabbing a beer on Thursday evenings, you know, and talking comedy or whatever. We don't get hammered at all. Like, no, but, you know, it's like, it's a nice social event. We'll have a beer, we'll have a, we'll have a shot, we'll shoot the shit. That, I like it for that as much as anything. It takes a little bit of the edge off. I don't have to get shit can hammered to have a good time, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... You don't have to... I mean, you're speaking to the choir when it comes to drug use. Right, I'm course. an advocate. Absolutely. But I do understand that it, it, you got you got to mediate it, and you got to be somewhat careful. Yeah. And uh, to some degree, I mean, especially the unhealthy ones. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no advantage to, like, drinking alcohol every day. But you, with the right buildup, you could do it with weed, for sure. Sure. But at the same time, you don't want to be doing a bunch of mushrooms every day that would be fucked up no that would be like they, horrible you've, you've got to know how to use these things there's a responsibility <laughs> that comes with it all imagine how awful that would be every day you tripping, tripping balls, balls on mushrooms sorry i'm late to work my dragon would come <laughs> oh it'd be so exhausting and then you'd like completely forget what reality is you you definitely go out of your oh mind my God, i think that's so fucking funny. i don't think you're gonna you, you could make it through that uh, for long but <laughs> have you ever done a period of time of no drinking since you've been 21 did you ever say i'm gonna quit for a bit of yeah, time yeah dude i did um two years ago it was right after a really horrible breakup the worst breakup i've ever gone through not because i was heartbroken but because this woman was just a psychopath a horrible human being um and i went to the bahamas for my friend's wedding and you know, I was going solo and having a good time, and took a you know, took a picture out with everybody, and I saw, and then they you know they came out after the wedding. I was back home, and I saw myself, and I was out of shape. It was kind of chubby and fat, and I was like, I hate every single bit of this. And so I decided right then and there, um, like I went full keto pretty much, and no drinking at all zero zip zilch for six months oh yeah. wow i got pretty you enjoy it oh why i yeah it was fantastic my i've never been more clear-headed i was motivated uh it was also a good because it, it was the winter but it was a good winter out here where it was pretty much warm so we really didn't have a winter we kind of just had a spring like a nine-month spring so that kind of helped a little bit 
Um, yeah. But I was clear-headed. I was motivated. I had tons of energy. Dude, when I stop drinking, I only have to sleep six hours a night. No bullshit. I, wake, I go to bed at 1, wake up at 7, refreshed, sharp. I'm ready to take on the day. I don't get tired at all during the day. Uh, and I just power through. I feel great. I'm creative. I have energy. And then I'll have a, and then, you know, but for one reason, I'm like, let's just have one glass of wine tonight. It's been six months and then boom, I'm right back in it. Yeah. Well, I think, again, the moderation, like look at what Joe and his buddies do every year, Sober October. Yeah. I think that it's it's a smart move. I don't think it would be a bad idea to maybe pick two months a year and do for that. Real? You don't have to do the intense physical competition thing that they do. But if you could get a few of your friends together. Right and and do it i really wanted to i wanted to last year and i i didn't do their sober october challenge i was just gonna like follow along with it since we do the podcast right uh but and this year i don't know what they are gonna pick yet but you know i'm like going to paris halfway through the month right. and i'm like oh fuck i can't i don't know so maybe i'll do like a, i don't know but then you can't do sober december yeah it's christmas that doesn't, rhyme. It doesn't make sense I'm gonna have to wait till January. It doesn't rhyme. Yeah, you can't do the non-rhyming months. But it, but I really do like the idea of it because it's important to remind yourself of what you just said. All the all that clarity, Man, that health, and the fact that you can do it. You have the determination. Absolutely. And don't worry. You can go back to drinking again next month. Yeah. It's fine. Take your time. That was it. And, you know. And that was the thing. Maybe there's a balance. Maybe that's what Penn is kind of saying. It with his like teetotaling, he's like, "Look, you can do it and function, and oh, it's absolutely fine. You can. And hey, drink if you want, but uh, every now and again, try not doing it. See, see if you function better. Look, we, you and I certainly know some people that it wouldn't hurt if they took a month off. Oh <laughs> yeah, a, a month going on eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we absolutely do. Yeah. I think there are definite, um, there obviously advantages." There's also a nice advantage to sometimes having a drink after a long day. It, you, you know, it takes the edge off. It, you know, it's been str- for sure. I mean, humans have stressful fucking lives. We always have since the dawn of time when we were hunting and guarding our cave. Like we've just been stressed out. Um, so it's nice to have something that relieves that a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm never going to completely stop drinking. No, the it's it's just too brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Um, it just, it, I mean, and think about it though. I mean, just with stand up, how often do you go up on stage and you've not had even one drink? Do you do that mostly? I'll tell you when I started, um, I wasn't drinking at all. Lately, I don't know what it was. My last, not this last Friday, but the show before that, something about it. I don't know why. I was a little nervous, and I don't know why. I'm because I never really get nervous. So I had a couple of um, whiskeys beforehand to take the edge off yeah and that was fine but sometimes i'll flub my fucking words and you can't do that on stage you can't well you got to be careful yeah i mean joe says it joe joe supports it he says a beer and a shot or maybe just a shot yeah two more than two drinks though is like this is you know he's done this for 30 years yeah he knows that balance and and but i think that's that's where it's at i always do about two i've been I've been a little too drunk once, and I think that that, not drunk, but like, I was like maybe three beers in, and remember, it was when we did, the last time we did that um, pick from the bucket category right, yeah, yeah. show, because uh, Davy Boy had his, uh, what do you have, tequila in that little 
Yeah, dude. Fucking thing. And I well, I shouldn't have got into that. Salsa. Because, yeah, I mean, it was it was still fine. I got up there and we went. The crowd was like, whatever. And, and it was a bit of a struggle of a day. Right. But I, I just remember getting up there and thinking, whoa, I'm a bit more wobbly than I usually am. And the worst part is you just, you're not sharp. No. You lose that, like, spark that you need to kind 100%. of generate thoughts. You're just, like, waffling through. I would much rather do that open mic challenge, like, at 8 a.m. Because that's when my brain is sharp as a tack. It's, like, firing on all c- cylinders. That's when I'd be, like, do my best work. But, like, at the end yeah. of the day, it's a long day. You've been sitting in traffic trying to get to K-Town and shit like that. And dealing and then you're dealing with that crowd and by the end of you like i don't know my brain doesn't really want to cooperate anymore it was a le- it was an important lesson though it like was. i i needed to i needed to be like oh i can't do that you know because sometimes at the bar you can just you'll be out of the bar you're drinking you're like way into your drinking you know you definitely wouldn't be doing stand-up in that condition, but you're actually being hilarious. Right. But again, it's on your time. You're creating your own momentum. There's no pressure. Exactly. People at first just think that you're telling a story. They don't realize that you're going to, you know, it's not like they're sat there with, with their arms crossed waiting for you to I- impress them. Exactly. You know, and, but getting up on a stage and being in that condition is a whole different ball game. And I, and I needed to feel it. I was like, okay, there we go. Talking about stand up as well. We, I got to wrap up here pretty soon. Yeah. There's two things I want to discuss comedy wise. One, you got a pretty good compliment after your show at the comedy store and from an apprentice. That's right. Uh, alumni. That's right. He is. Do you want to talk yeah, about Yeah, happy that? to. I finished my setup. I always end my set with uh, Bernie Sanders, a joke about Bernie Sanders, what it would be like for him to try and get laid in college. Um, and I do a Bernie Sanders impression, which, um, you know, I, I feel fairly confident in. Um, and I'm leaving the stage. The, we're in the original room. The place is standing room only. I mean, they kick the comics out. It is packed to the brim. I'm in the middle of the walkway trying to leave because the comics are outside on the patio. And Gary Busey stops me in the middle of the aisle, grabs my hand. He's like, your Bernie Sanders impression is amazing. It's a terrible Gary Busey impression. I'm sorry. Uh, but he's like, your, your Bernie Sanders impression is amazing. I was like, thanks so much. He goes, no, man, listen, that's really good. It's like really good. I'm like, this is Gary Busey from Under Siege and, and Drop oh, Zone and Lethal Weapon. Legend. Giving me a compliment, and, you know, Gary's had his share of issues in the last uh, 20 years, but it was still really cool. And, like, and then the waitress was, like, trying to get around us, and, like, I'm usually very conscious of try- not to be in their way because they have a fucking thankless job. But I'm sitting there going, what do you want me to do? Like, a celebrity cornered me to tell me how great I am. Like, fuck off, I'm going to enjoy this. And then the best part was he came, I'm sitting outside, comes back out to me, starts talking to me again. It was really fu- I mean, it was really fucking cool. So... That's that's sweet, a cool man. moment. It was a that cool moment. Great. It was really neat. It was a good. The set went well. You never know who you're gonna get at the comedy store. No man. You never know. Like Drew's been, um, Dr. Dre. I mean, yeah, has been in there like in the last year. Like some some big name guys go in, and then also you know some C-list celebrities like Gary Bluesey. Yeah. Oh, dude, my best set ever. It was the one two months ago. You were there. It was the one when my mom was in the audience. 
this dude, uh, the dude that replaced Steve Gutenberg in the Police Academy movies. He was the new Steve Gutenberg character in Police Academy 5, my Operation Miami Beach or whatever, which I watched on repeat endlessly, especially when I was ever homesick from school. I would just play that movie on a fucking loop because I loved it because Tackleberry pulled out his 44 Magnum and pointed it at a shark and I thought that was the coolest fucking thing in the history of the world and <laughs> those movies were they great they were but this dude and I God help me I don't know his name um, but he was sitting there and uh, of course my promoter every now and then he'll ask me to like come help with the line because like I'm the biggest dude there and I'm like a bit of bouncer and so I'm like awesome I'm being a bouncer at the comedy store for five seconds but he comes through and he's like this sweet dude and I'm like oh dude Police Academy 5 is one of my favorite movies <laughs> he like he <laughs> laughed because he was like he was like I can't believe somebody brought up Police Academy 5 to me I could just see it in his face <laughs> like that's so I don't think I'd recognize him I can't remember which character that is probably if i saw him yeah yeah I, I, i'll put he replaced so he was like the cop right the bad guy cop no steve and not really no a bad like guy, steve gutenberg's but... character was mahoney he was the cut up and then oh yeah, I so got he, you, leaves I got the, you, he leaves I got the movie you. franchise and they cut he's not like this dude wasn't playing mahoney he was just playing the mahoney type like the new cut up yeah different and stuff different. like that remember so. the remember like the bumbling cops the older guy and they, they were always trying to like foil every plan yeah. Oh, and yes. Um, it was... Um, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, I can't remember that. Well, whatever. Yes. Whoever his name is. But the old guy, he, I guess, lived in Albuquerque. Because when I was in oh. high school, he used to do a lot of those really cheesy local commercials, like for car dealerships or whatever. And he'd be that character. Get out! He'd just be like a grumpy... Ca- Dude, they were brilliant. Oh, I don't know if you can find them right. online. But definitely, yeah. Because he was also the and, he was also in Short Circuit. He was the he play, basically playing the same character. Um, yeah, right. Proctor. Yeah, he was definitely just that guy. That's Proctor right. Proctor was right. Proctor was his sidekick, his bumbling idiot sidekick. I can't remember the other guy. Yep. So anyway, okay. And yep. next announcement. All right, next the big thing. Big thing. We are gonna do, be doing a, kind of like a special series of shows. Yeah. Um where they're either going to be like what we learned this week or a conspiracy show or just something else we want to look at. And this week, probably dropping Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we're going to be discussing the Dave Chappelle um, stand-up yeah, special. special. Right? Not not really a review of it because, one, I'm not giving away any of his jokes or, no. or I would never do anything like that. But just kind of like what he touches on, why it's important right. to kind of voice well, it. And and also look into a little bit of the criticism and praise. Yeah, the controversy that he's getting. There's a, yeah, dude. There's a ton of it out there. People have a lot to say about this, say. and and I want to get into I it. I can't wait to I wanna, watch it. I want to talk about what the angle is, and hey, any excuse to watch Dave Chappelle stand up on down. Fuck yeah, so, man. That's it, guys. Thanks as always for tuning in and sticking with us. Bit of a longer one today, hour long. All good. Um, and. That's it. We really appreciate you guys. Yeah, guys. <laughs>